0: i had a dream i i wanted to be myself and anything i did in japan uh they're very uh straight uh, strict people out there. <laughs> they're well-mannered i wasn't <laughs> and that was a troubled kid that's why i said i just want to go america and be myself so that kind of gave me the driven i knew I had to go somewhere. And then I, I mean, I believe I met the missionary in in Japan. He kind of told me that too, you might be you might enjoy being in America more than here in Japan. So Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, the
1: podcast is dedicated to encourage millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week your host and wealth manager Peyton Boyer invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so our guest this week on the Millennials and Money podcast is Mr. Taro Arai. Say hello, Taro.
0: Yes, Taro Arai, Konnichiwa.
1: <laughs> Konnichiwa. I'd, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and Taro, I really want to thank you for agreeing to come on the show.
0: So, <laughs>
1: so normally I start the show by sharing how you and I, how me and the guests know each other. But you it's interesting because we've never met in person. But let me share how I came in contact with you. Okay, I wanna hear. Okay, so it was my mom's birthday and we took her down to Sa- Sausalito for her, for her birthday, just me and my wife and my dad and my mom and my kids. We took them out there and then we took them to Makuni's for dinner. She wanted to go to Makuni's uh, here back in Arden, in Sacramento. So we're sitting down to Makuni's and we're enjoying ourselves, having a great time, having a great dinner. And the next day I get in LinkedIn and I, I, I don't understand algorithms, but I know they, they work. I know there's like something called geographical fencing. So I'm assuming I got a feed from your LinkedIn because I was at Makuni's. Mm. So I saw a Makuni truck with the window broken. And the mm. first thing it said was, the first thing it said was, thank God nobody was hurt. And I, and I instantly knew oh, this guy's a believer. He's a Christian.
0: Uh-huh. I, didn't,
1: I didn't know McCune was a local restaurant. I, I didn't know it was locally owned, but I go there all the time. So I so I went and I started digging a little deeper. And I saw, wow, he's from Sacramento. This is a God thing. You know, like me, when Christians meet up, it's not coincidence, it's, it's purpose. So I, I just wrote your message on LinkedIn and you responded. So I'm blessed to have you on this show. I know know your title is the CDO, the Chief Dreaming Officer. Why Mm -hmm. don't you share a little more with our listeners who
0: you are and what you do and what CDO is? Well, I mean, um, my name Taro, means first son. Arai means wild. So my full name means wild first (laughs) son. That's how I was in Japan, too. and I was the only one who had a reverse Mohawk. Not Mohawk, but just shaved the middle. It was pretty ugly and my parents didn't have much money so I was always kind of causing trouble with everything and I one day I told my dad I can't fit myself in Japan what do I do and my dad said I heard America is a good place for you to go so that's how I decided when I was 11 I'm going to America so I pray about it and start newspaper route and When I was 15, I raised $6,000 to pay for whole family to come to the United States. That's how we got here. But anyway, so CDO, my dad woke up one morning. He's a pastor for uh, all his life, still now too. He woke up, he said, hey, God gave me a vision. We're opening a restaurant together. I said, dad, you never cooked in your lifetime. You've never done business. You have no English, no friends, no... I mean, we had a $2,000 in the bank account all together, and mostly it's all my money. <laughs> so I told my dad, that's not possible. But he said, you know what, God gave me a vision, dream. If God gets it will happen. And then we ended up meeting one person on the street, gave us $300,000 wow. to open the business. So I took over his job as a chief dreaming officer. After he retired, I said, "I'm gonna dream big." I mean, because dreaming is free, and God is almighty, right? If people say, well, you know? What's your definition of success?" I say, "You know what? Just do God's will, and if God is telling me to do, you know, do a restaurant, I'm I'm not gonna stop. Just have, I don't know. I just I'm living my dream because God keep giving me next dream after next." So that's my title came from Chief Dreaming Officer, because my dad used to be the dreamer yeah, I got all the visions from god now i'm I'm taking over his job
1: that's awesome, man. so, like, I gotta go back. We got another connection that you might not be aware of. you said Konichiwa uh I'm actually a quarter Japanese, so my grandma oh you are my grandma is from Japan. Oh, mom, wow. She was in the internment camps when she was a child. She came over here and she was in the internment camps and all that. that. I actually went back to Japan with her for her, her 90th birthday. Get this, my grandma is 101 years old still. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, they never died. Cause my, well, my <laughs> grandma just died last year with 107. Oh, wow. Yeah, she said, I want to get to 100. And then after 100, she said, Hey, all my friends are died. I don't know. Why am I here for? <laughs>
1: that, that's the same thing. My grandma's so, and she lives in a little retirement community in Southern California. All of her friends have passed away. She's like yeah. the last one. But so this show is all about money and people's money story, what money was like for them growing up. And I, you know, I, and and in the the whole money story and the whole journey, and I find a lot of times the people's mindset around money it, it gets set in place at a young age, and like that's where the foundation, the cornerstones get set. They can always change, of course, but that's where that initial foundation gets set. So, what was money like in your household when you were growing up?
0: Well, money we didn't have much to start with, so that was kind of easy, but. For example, my dad was making $1,500 a month. I mean, we have one of the biggest church in Kumamoto, Japan. I mean, if you go there, you'll find out less than 1% Christian. I mean, their church is like 8, 10 people. That's about it. We had a big church. So we had about fifty to hundred sometimes. So he he made about, well, I should say made, but he got paid about $1,500 a month. But my dad always bring like homeless people. Uh, Parents couldn't handle the kid because of mental illness. Um, He bring all those people. We lived together about 15 people. And then my mom had to cook. She has to have a vegetable garden. I have to go fishing every day because we couldn't afford to feed all these people and our family. So that's how we grew up. I mean, that's why I never had a own room. I used to have three, four people in a room. We barely fit, sleep together. You know, when I came to the United States, first time I ever had my own room, I cried. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so money wasn't it wasn't there when we were a kid. That's why we had to do the newspaper route ourselves to earn money to buy whatever I need to buy.
1: So you know, you seem like a very driven person. You know, at fifteen, to have a paper out to save up so you can get your family to Japan. What was that like? What, what do you think that mindset came from? Like, How did you have that drive and determination to, as, at fifteen, you know, most kids are trying to just to live their own life, but you were thinking about the future. Well, I
0: had a dream. I I wanted to be myself, and anything I did in Japan. Uh, they're very uh, straight, uh, strict people out there. <laughs> They're well-mannered. I wasn't. <laughs> and then I was a troubled kid. That's why I said, I just want to go American and be myself. So that kind of gave me the driven. I knew I had to go somewhere. And then I, I mean, I believe I met the missionary in, in Japan. He kind of told me that too. You might be you might enjoy being in America more than here in Japan. So I mean for me I believe God opened the door for me and God gave me the uh, purpose of, you know for my life to work hard and get to America. <laughs> hey that's what that's what
1: God does we just have to listen you know. He gives a plan we just have to follow. So let's talk about that. What was it like when you came here to America? What was life like you were 15 maybe 16? and then you, you basically grew up here. What was life like when those first couple of
0: years you came here? Well, I mean, I went to Hiram Johnson High School, local school. Uh, it was a rough school. <laughs> people wanted to fight all the time. I said, hey, why don't want to fight? And then I didn't speak English. Somebody said, if you don't understand, just say, no problem. <laughs> so that's the first word I learned. So. People say, you know, I were asking me, like, you know, which class are you going? I'll say, no problem. Who's <laughs> your favorite teacher? Oh, no problem. Uh-huh. So they used, you know, start calling me, Mr. No Problem. And then I got ditched on the homecoming dance. No problem. They made uh-huh. a circle for me. I danced by myself. That's my high school years. And, I don't know. I mean, our school wasn't really strict, so we cut school all day, all night. So I cut most of the classes. I went work uh, collecting cans, cardboard. Um, I don't know. I did everything to earn money. I did a newspaper route, too, in America, too, for about two years. So, I don't know. I came here. I mean, without having a friend was not easy. And uh, definitely not knowing the language was disadvantage
1: yeah i I can imagine man um so i I kind of want to rewind a bit i should touch on this earlier you know because i've been japan i know i have some family there i know there's not a large christian population so no how'd that happen how did it
0: how did it that your dad became a pastor
1: what's his testimony
0: oh yeah so Both my dad and my mom, they got kicked out from their house because they became a Christian. (laughs) And then they met each other at the Christian school, college, to be a pastor. There's a city, Kumamoto has a Lutheran uh, church-sponsored high school. And so they invited him to join the track team and study English. And my dad really wanted to learn English, so he moved to a city. So he was going like an hour and a half one way to get there every every day to school. And meanwhile, he met the missionary, and he became a Christian there. So college, he decided to go to a Christian college, and my uh, grandparents, they were really against it, because they, they were looking forward to see him be a governor or something, you know, because he was a pretty smart kid and good at sports, and people loved him. But he wants to be a pastor. (laughs) So they're very disappointed. If you're going to be a pastor, you're by yourself. So he got pretty much kicked out from his house. And that's where he met my mom. And they got married. You know, they're still Christian. I mean, their faith is, I mean, they just don't talk. I just see their living faith. So it was so easy for all our kids to just believe in God. I mean, we see so many miracles after miracles and I couldn't deny about God just growing up watching how they live. You know, so I mean, I thank God for them every day.
1: It's a blessing to have good examples, real examples who are whose life show you what the christian life is you don't have to hear you don't have to hear what their words you gotta you get to see their actions that's 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 a blessing man you talked about the miracles so it it had to be a miracle for you to start such an awesome restaurant restaurant like makuni not not
0: being able to speak english so talking about that journey where'd that come well it it wasn't a miracle for a (laughs) long time (laughs) (laughs) i mean when we opened of course they said, this hood is $50,000, this lighting system is $15,000. I have no idea how much everything works. I said, oh, no problem. I was in 15. <laughs> I kept writing checks after checks and suddenly bank called us, hey, you owe us some money. I said, how do I owe bank money? And then they said, well, you've been paying, you know, writing the bad checks, you have $2,000 in fine. That's when I realized we're out of money already. <laughs> And we used it all. I mean, that was a bad location, bad. I mean, we had no business concept or business plan. My mom just cooked the home cooking. And my dad never served people in his life. No business experience. So it was a disaster. So first five years, we just lost money every year. And and when I was 21, we're the only situation in the whole world even had no fish to serve because (laughs) everything was COD and we had run out of money but you know funny thing is back then my dad was getting $450 a month that was his pay from his church our church he go I mean 17 of us goes there but we didn't have money back then so $450 he gets paid and he was offering $500 (laughs) and so dad that's not 10%. That's more than 100%. What are you doing? Because he he has to borrow money from me to offer $500 a month. And he said, well, there's no business closed because of too much offering. And I'm going a deal with God. If I keep raising my offering, God promised me that he'll bless our restaurant. I said, well, God didn't tell me that same thing, but... But because of living faith he has, he was working like seven in the morning till 12 at night, every single day. And Sunday or Saturday night, he never sleep a minute. He prepared for the service for Sunday. And Sunday he preached. And then after Sunday, we have a Mikuni hour. We invite, you know, if you listen to my dad's two hour message, you get a free dinner. So we did that too every Sunday. <laughs> We are seven days a week, you know, he's struggling. He's a perfectionist, but he started falling asleep while he was preaching at church. (laughs) I mean, I see them working so hard, I couldn't just leave them. So my dad asked me, can you quit school? I said, hey, Asian parents never ask your kid to quit school. (laughs) But anyway, that was a good thing because I was not smart anyway. But so Miracle, we talk about Miracle when I was uh 23 I got married and I'm having a daughter my dad woke up that morning he said son can I share my dream I said wait 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 <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what's going on I have not ulcer because I have so much stress and I love basketball. I went out to play basketball. I broke my ankle. Dislocated my middle finger. Here I am, sharpening my knife. I cut my hand (laughs) wide open. I'm I'm showing him, look at this middle finger. Broken ankle. And And I'm (laughs) sweating. My stomach hurts. We're going back to Japan. Don't give me any more dreams. And he said, okay, first thing he said was two things. It's not about what you know about who you know. The second thing he said was, you just have to do your best and let God do the rest. So then he told me the dream that he had. So he named my daughter Chio, me 1000 sheep. I said, why do that to my daughter? My dad said, I had a dream vision. God is gonna give us 1000 customers a day. I said, dad, we have a little shop. We can fill 30 people in there. How can you even imagine have a thousand people? He said, well, it's not my idea. God give you a vision. God give us a vision. It will happen. And Yogi shop next door closed down. So we took over. Video store closed down. We took over. Hair got closed down. We took over. <laughs> we asked Donna's shop to move to the other side. And we start having thousands of customers on weekends. And 99 we opened Roseville 2003 downtown 2005 Arden 2006 Elk Grove 2007 North Star 2008 Davis 2009 no 2008 Denver 2009 Davis 2011 the fountain and Concord and uh, we did uh, Folsom and we expanded the uh, Davis to double the size we're moving Kaizen the fountain to a McCormick space uh this this summer so now, I mean, from family of five, we have thousand employees, right? From three hundred thousand cells, we did before the pandemic. We did about sixty-two million thousand cells, and talk about fish. No fish now. We use fifty-two tons of seafood every month. Thank right. God for the big ocean, right? Right. So my dad <laughs> said, "Son, do you believe in miracles?" I said. <laughs> How can I not believe in miracles? But he always said, be humble, give back to God, give back to the community. My dad is still the biggest uh, offer uh, of church mm-hmm. <laughs> because he keep raising, because he made a promise with God. And uh, we do a lot of charity events now. We, we had a 25th annual golf tournament. Uh, last year was hard because of a pandemic. They said, you shouldn't have it. We had a heat waves, smoke from the fire, but I say, you know what, people still need help. So we're going to have nine whole tournament and we raised $300,000 last year.
1: Oh my God.
0: This year we're having on the August 9th, but we reached $2.5 million already. Uh, million dollars went to breast cancer navigator program. All these things we could do as just a miracle after miracles. And then when tsunami happened in Japan, it was very personal to me. So we created the rescue rolls. Why don't we sell these rolls 100% goes to Japan? And within two weeks, 4,000 rolls were sold and we ended up raising $180,000 for Japan. Wow. It was very touching to me. And then when Houston was flooded, I said, hey, let's do it for Houston for a week. We raised 50000 How about Cal Fire? Let's do uh, one day, $26,000. By the time Paradise Fire happened, our chef said, do we have to keep making this?' <laughs> <restaurants?" laughs> Let me see if I can, let's see. So I came up with, so we came up with a new idea. You know what does Mikuni mean? I do not. Kingdom of God, right? Like heaven. So we came up with a United Miku kingdom of God, United me one. So under God, we're one human race, one, you know, uh, we should love each other and help each other. So I said one, United as one. So I sold these shirts and raised $75,000 for the Paradise Fire Team. So every opportunity I get like this, It's not what I did, I just make sushi. I just make, you know, make t-shirt. God and our community are the one doing all the work through us. So that's why um, I love my job. I wake up every morning, I'm so pumped up. I'm ready to go out. Man, that's awesome. Number one, you gotta let me buy one of those shirts. Oh, I get you. Yes, of course.
1: <laughs> Man, it's awesome what you do. I got to say, you know, my kids, they, you know, most kids' favorite food is pizza. My yeah. kid's favorite restaurant is Makuni. Wow.
0: You have an expensive kid. Yeah,
1: I, I was going to say that. I was going to say, I'm like, I tell my daughter, Mia, please, we can't go to <laughs> Makuni all the time. And my son, he loves the, he's four years old. So you know boys, how boys are. He loves calamari. He loves the octopus.
0: He loves wow. the... Wow. Yeah. Well, they are very open-minded kids, too. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. Because when we opened the restaurant, I couldn't even make one high school friend to try sushi. Not even one.
1: Yeah, so it the world has changed. It must be the Japanese in them. The Japanese in my kids.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but now, so I go to... My kids' schools to do a sushi demonstration back in the days. Every, every kid said, ew, that's gross, you know, back in the days. But if I go now, even, I mean, I live in Roseville, area. Yeah. Some kids, I mean, actually a lot of kids knows our menu too. So it, it's, it's crazy. Even my last high school, I went to three high schools. I graduated from Oakmont High School in Roseville. They had a sushi club. They invited me to be a speaker, so I shared the story. And 70 kids had a mikuni T-shirt on. I made me cry. I mean, that was like, oh, my God, it has changed.
1: <laughs> one, one thing I hear from your story the sharing is I think you realized early, which is hard for, it's for hard for anybody. It's, it's even hard for Christians to realize is that God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. And and that's kind of how you lived your life. What what you gotta tell me? What was it like for you? Because I know it's it's on the other side. It's always easier looking back, hindsight. But what was it like when your dad said, "Hey, I gotta keep giving more than I'm even making." I'm sure that must have. Oh, the, the, that was so
0: hard for me <laughs> because it didn't make any sense to me. And we worked so hard. I sacrificed everything. And he's giving away, I said, I mean, that wasn't easy. <laughs> A lot of things he did, it didn't make any sense back in the days. But when I look back, everything was on right track. You know, so even my personality too, uh, I used to be social temper. I used to go out against my dad. I used to throw sushi to my sister and the customers, had to stop for a fight and i said you know what god i have to change i want to be the happiest man ever that was my first dream of changing my uh personality changing everything do you know kaizen means we have a circle kaizen kaizen means continuous improvement change for the better so i took my sons to uh trip and i i had all the teachings you know i want you to do this do this do that and then end of the trip on the way back i said i should kaizen myself as a dad okay tell me anything that i can improve on and they start writing just give me one just give me one i can work on my youngest son said why don't you follow your own advice. I said, well, well, like what? Well, you said, don't drive and text. I said, well, I'm pretty special. (laughs) (laughs) So I realized, I said, wow, like my dad, I have to show with my action. So I changed my whole attitude toward preaching to my kids. I said, showing with my action is much more powerful. So since then, I have goals every year. So happiest man, I feel like now somebody caught me up in a freeway. I said, Oh, thank you for not hitting me. I'm gonna pray for you. I have changed so much. Like three years ago, one lady on the Facebook said, Hey, I had a dream about you. I said, Well, I'm married man. No, 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 I'm gonna share something. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 said you have to be the most joyous man ever. So people say your glass is always half full. I said, No. I got a bucket. It's overflowing 24-7. And so now I feel like I'm the most joyous man ever. And meanwhile, I asked my wife, how can I improve as a husband? She said, all right. I said, no, 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 just Mm -hmm. give me one first. And she said, maybe you should think before you speak. I said, wow, that's rude. (laughs) I I talk a lot. But I, I used to be very direct and I realized now I was hurting people right and left. So my, you know, after that, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I want to work on my, you know, think before I speak. And then, uh, um, so the YouTube, one of the guys said, how about T H I N K Think T is it, uh, is it, uh, true. H is is it helpful? I uh, is it inspiring? N is a hard one. Is it necessary? <laughs> and K is it kind? Now don't say it. So whole year worked on it. Think if I speak. I think I did a good job. So I told my wife, "See, I'm getting better, but why you don't talk to me much?" She said, "Well, you don't give me a chance." I said, "Okay, this last year, this year I'm going to be a better listener. That's my goal for a year." Oh, I try. It's not easy. You know, when my wife started talking, ESPN start in five minutes. You got five minutes. Hurry, hurry. (laughs) You know, but I said, you know, I have to learn how to listen so I can listen to learn. So I do that to God, my partners, my customers before they finish talking, you know, trying to create the answer. I said, let's listen. So I did that for a whole year. So end of the last year, I told my wife, how did I do? She said, you have improved, but I can give you only 50 out of 100. I saw, no. So this year <laughs> I'm doing, send it over. I wanna be a better listener. If I pass next series of being a, a humble servant, after that is giving while living. I have so many plans, so many goals, you know, to achieve. So I gotta do a better job of listening.
1: And that's what this Christian life is like, man. It's you're, you're constantly improving. You know, you think God gets you to where you're supposed to be. And you're like, man, I made it, God, I made it. And then God's like, no, you got another level up. And oh, God, I just got here. But you just keep improving. I like it. What is the Kaizen. I like that word of constant improving. I think you and I would get along great. And our wives would probably get along great because I talk a lot too. And I <laughs> I, I, I got to learn to listen instead of thinking about what I'm going to say. Yeah. I have to learn to listen what the person saying, especially my wife. So we'll have to get together soon. <laughs> so I, I, I want to ask you a question because this yeah. show is about, it's is mainly targeted for millennials. Who You're a little older than we are. And um, we're on the journey where we're raising, a lot of us are raising kids, starting families. Like I have my two children, we're married. And we're on that kind of that, that living life stage, so your kids came, your, your, your background, your, your childhood is a lot different than your children's financially. Yeah. So what have, what have you done to teach them to be responsible with money? Ooh,
0: that's a good question. <laughs> so, you know, I just had a meeting with four kids of a uh, 27, 26, 24, 23 this year, and they're all driven. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't deserve them. They're better than I ever expected. <laughs> but, you know, you got to teach them when they're kids the value, right? And then I still remember one time I was kind of going off track on the business. I can talk about Denver stories sometimes, uh, maybe in the future. <laughs> but I made a lot of mistakes on the way to get here. And then one time uh, my uh, uh, ex-partner buy me a new Porsche. I drove home and I didn't need that car, but he said, you'd rather pay tax or get a brand new car. And then my uh, oldest oldest son was about six. And then he came out to the garage. He said, dad, I thought we have to help people in South Africa, this people, that people. Do you really need this car? I'm like, wow. Uh, I was just talking about helping others. And, okay, let me talk to my dad. So my dad came over, he said, to, I still remember, he said to my son, hey, you know, who? somebody has to build this car and we have to help them. <laughs> I don't know, that's something on the line. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so again, with my action, and then luckily when Denver opened 2008, that was the hardest time again after we start going off and uh, we had to close the restaurant down 11 million dollars and we're about to file the bankruptcy and my dad said you know i told my dad what do i do you know we're losing all restaurants he said well why don't you Keep digging. I said, how, how far we have to dig ourselves? And he said, Deeper the foundation, God can build something amazing upon. Let's keep digging. I said, Oh my God. <laughs> But that was the best thing happened for my family, it's for my kids to see me struggle, to just climb up every day, try to change the whole team from inside out it's not about building it's not about car it's not about this it's about relationship with others lessons you know faith in god so we have transformed that's why kaizen word came up to me hey we have to improve in every way so if you can see we came up with a new mission statement to be the most loving and loved company in the world. We don't have to make best sushi. We don't have to make money. We wanna love others and be loved by others and God. That's important. And at our core values, you can see a third one, kaizen ourselves in every way. So, I don't know, I mean, we change so much. Meanwhile, my kids are watching me how I do it. And then by the time my son graduated from high school, I can't see them every day. So I start sending them texts every morning all together. It's been nine years now. I've been sending every morning my sharing just uh, one Bible verse and my thought, but we want to communicate. I want them to be on the same page. So yeah, my oldest one graduated from Davis. Now he's running the L Grove store. This is the last step as a GM so he can join the corporate team soon. And he's the one, since I'm the chief dreaming officer, my dream is to have, how about, why not 50 businesses by 50th anniversary of Mikuni? I might be dead, I'm might not. i not capable, but maybe my son can do it. So he has a lot of pressure for me. And second one is getting married uh, October. She's going to run the marketing team. My third one is a financial advisor for a Baird company right now, but I'm hoping someday if I can match whatever he makes, he can come back to be a CFO. My number four, she's the one, surprise me, she's my inspiration. She's the one who walked with faith every moment of her life. And when she was going to high school, I said, hey, I don't pay for school. I didn't pay for college because I want them to suffer. And then, you know, all other kids work, you know, making sushi, play football, rugby, basketball. They struggle, you know, uh, learning how to do everything all together. And meanwhile, my last one daughter said, I don't want to be like that. I want to get a scholarship in sports. And she's like five, five 90 pounds. And she went to. Try out for basketball. Hey, they keep touching me. I can't play this sports. I say, okay. How about a soccer? Oh, running is waste of energy. How about tennis? Racket is too heavy. How about volleyball? I don't want to slide. I mean, she is so bad at everything. She's not happy athlete, right? And she came home. She said, "I made a team." I said, "What is it? Golf team? How did you make it? I just have to buy a golf bag. I'll get it for you." So I got it for her. I don't know if you play golf, but freshman year her best score was 128 i can't do that with my eye closed <laughs> I, mean, I said wow this is so bad you still want to play she said i told you dad i want to get a scholarship in golf so she was there on the golf course three hours a day rain or shine even homecoming dance night she was out there in the afternoon hitting balls by the time she was a junior in high school she, she shot even par seventy one with the whole in one in the tournament. Right. So he got a scholarship from eight different colleges. The following week, so she ended up playing college full scholarship golf, and she became a captain. And last year, before graduate she won the whole golf tournament college championship. So I I encourage all these girls out there. I mean, if she can do it. Anybody can. <laughs> we have a passion. You know, you have to have a purpose, of course. She's very uh, hardworking. So now she graduated. She said, what do I do? For well, I want to be part of Mikuni. I said, well, I need a commercial real estate agent because I want to open more stores. And uh, she said, okay, let me start with the residential. So she started doing that. She just closed eight homes. So she's doing pretty good. Wow. Yeah, she's doing good. So And then I had a meeting with those four kids. And then asked them, if I die, can I just donate everything to a charity? What do you think about that? And <laughs> my youngest one said, dad, it's your money. You taught us how to work hard. You do whatever you want to do, right? My other daughter said, are you crazy? If you're going to leave a million dollars, I would love to take some. <laughs> So every kid is different. It's so fun. But we talk about drive with money, you know, don't worship the money. Money's there, you know, for necessity. It's not to be, you know, a slave of money. So we went over and then they all agree that they'd rather have good relationship with their siblings and friends and everybody over money. So that was a great meeting we just had the other day. No, And it sounds like you really empowered them. You know, it...
1: You, you can't you can't buy knowledge and you taught your kids knowledge and responsibility and that's why your youngest was saying okay go ahead go ahead and give the money it's okay because you gave us the power to make to generate wealth which is something that is priceless.
0: And I, think so, yeah.
1: I, I gotta ask you so I'm a financial advisor like your son. Oh you are yeah yeah which well, company? I'm with Holmes Financial so we're independent. Okay. So what did your son say when you, what did what he say when you said, talked about
0: giving it to charity? Yeah, so my son, so that's my uh, third, I call it number three. I call it by number. Okay. But anyway, number three graduated from Davis, and I wanted him to be accountant so he can be my CFO right away, but... <laughs> I realized he should learn from other company so they can bring something back to a company. So they had a, a foundation program at uh, Baird in Milwaukee, headquarter. And um, 1,500 kids signed up for it. They took like 11 kids. And then uh, he got picked, maybe because he's a minority. There's no, uh, they're all white people <laughs> in and Milwaukee. But anyway. You're, so you're telling me in this, <laughs> in, this, in this
1: industry, like, there's like five of us who are not white. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he was there for like uh, so a foundation program in two years. He's just finishing up. Yet he said, "Wow, I can help so many people." You know, um, like a lot of chefs, they make good money, but they spend it everything, and now they want to buy a house. They have no down payment. So we have a four hundred one k for all our employees now whoever wants to sign up, and that he wants to help all these people to uh, plan for retirement. If they can't pay him, that's fine. He just wants to help other people. To... So that was kind of nice to see why he wants to be a financial advisor. It's not about just trying to make money off everybody. <laughs> of course, that's important, too. Making money is very important. But he said there is another purpose behind it to be a financial advisor.
1: That's the beauty of this career. Like you're really helping people, and and like that that feeling when you get to help someone and really change their mindset around money and we let them realize, wow, I do have enough to live the life I want to live because I have my values aligned, my spin aligned with my values. That's just like man, I'm doing so much. I used to be a professional boxer. Wow! To, and it was my dream. Like I, I could, when it was my dream from three years old, I made the junior Olympic team right when I started. I turned. I, I was always on nationally ranked teams. When I turned professional, I lost my first couple of matches, and I and I retired. I said, "God, why did you take this from me? Why and why did you take this from me? Like, why would you let me be so good at something and not let me achieve it?" And it's so God could put me here because I impact more lives. I help more people. I'm happier now than I ever could have been as a boxer, and it's because I'm in a position to really help and and helping. Better off people's lives, so
0: I'm. Um, I'd love to meet with your son. I love. To wow, meet that's your son. a great testimony that you have too. Yeah, God has different plan than sometimes we think. <laughs> yeah, and we always
1: think our plan is best, but we just gotta learn yeah. to trust Him. But so, so you mentioned earlier, and something that I, I I'm big on is it's not it's not what you know it's who you know. I think you said your dad said that, mm-hmm. and I've realized like I don't gotta learn how I gotta learn who. Who can I meet? Who, who can I meet that can help my clients? And, and I'm big on networking. Uh, you guys got blessed with someone to It didn't work out, but someone blessed you guys with $300,000. That had to be from networking. I, I, your daughter's a golfer. I'm assuming you mentioned you golf. Um, talk to me how important networking is. I know I need to learn how to golf. I haven't learned yet, but I know it's something <laughs> I got to learn. Talk to me about networking for
0: you and how it's impacted your business. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's all about networking. I think, you know, we had a customer, 30 customers a day back in the days when my dad told me it's about who I, who I know. So I start talking, every customer walks in. And for the fish wise, I, was, I had to go drive to San Francisco for a couple pounds of tuna, I paid fifteen dollars, you know, per pound. And I had an old car. Every hour, I have to add the water, cool off the engine. That was a lot of time-consuming. I was talking to one guy. What do you do? Uh, I sell fish. I said, Oh, do you sell tuna? Yes, I do. How much? Seven fifty. Where can I pick it up? Oh, I'll deliver it to you. I'm like, are you serious? You're gonna spend so many hours of my time and half price. Are you serious? And funny thing is his son still have a, a fish company called Sunfish in downtown and we became friends and he just became Christians. And I mean, it's weird. That's how it works every time. You never know. So. I value every meeting, every person I meet. You never know what's God's plan through that meeting. So, yeah, it's all about who I know. This guy gave us $300,000. You know, I mean, he went went back to Japan. I mean, I I mean, you know, nobody asked me if I would pay the guy back. And for a while, we couldn't. So we pay like $100 a month sometime. 200 a month we did that for a while and he said uh, maybe you fail don't worry about it i asked my accountant Accountant said hey you have no contract who cares about paying back i told my dad what do i do no we have to pay till we die we borrow money we're gonna pay so we did that and finally late 90s we took off and japanese economy crashed so because he yen to a dollar, we almost pay him back about doubles, you know, or whatever we part. So I finished the first book called Abundance. I'm going to mention about him and I'm going to bring this book to him and found out he was already gone. He never seen what he has done for a family of nothing. So I that's why I believe in pay it forward. I want to do people who can never pay me back. We just have to keep doing the good thing. So after thirty years of business, I start writing thank you cards to all my friends, and it became a book called Appreciation. And I don't know if you have a book or not. If not, I, I love to give to you. But um, I don't know. It's it's about relationship. Every role I created for my friend and became a role. I mean, even I don't know if you know Demarcus. No. <laughs> <laughs> every time we have charity events i just call his agent andrew and he talked to demarcus and he never failed to support every charity we had when he was in sacramento but anyway when he left sacramento too we had a goodbye party for him we pray with him he was crying balls out i mean I know other side of the markets, so that's why I have to write in my book. <laughs>
1: hey, well, well I, I gotta get some of your books, man. I'd love to hear. Some, I'll get especially you. the the one abundance. I want to see see that one. So we're getting close to the end of the podcast. Um, I normally ask the last question. I, I'll I'll keep that for last. I gotta ask you another question because we're talking yes. sports here. I'm yes. a die I'm a diehard Kings fan. So oh, you are. Uh, When I moved here to Sacramento from the Bay Area, I was in middle school. And I was in like this after school program for kids who were messing up. And we started doing good. And so they took us to a King's practice. Uh, King's practice, it was awesome. It was the Arco Arena. Jason, even White Chocolate, White Chocolate was out there. Yeah, I remember. Chris Webber was out there. Man, I was like, this is my team. Yeah. I've been with them through the ups and downs. I was was at the um, playoff game. In '03, when we beat the Lakers at home, like that, and then we lost. Then we lost. Yeah, yeah. So I was that, and I've been just Kings fan ever since. And this is the best I feel about the team right now. Oh, good. I I can't. I I don't see what we're missing. Like we have the parts. They just need to learn how to gel. What are your thoughts on the team now?
0: Well, first of all, I don't know. I didn't know you were going to talk about (laughs) Kings. You, can, you know, my shirt said "Mikuniwa has fox," right? Yeah. So we worked together. Oh, and, uh, oh! I just got it right now. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we teamed up and raised how much was it? Fifty thousand dollars for the uh, breast cancer because his mom had a breast cancer. So he, she's a survivor. And uh, yeah, I mean, fox is I don't know if you met him before, but he's such a cool kid. And you know, we met a uh, fox roll we sold out roles to raise money for uh, breast cancer, too. So I like Fox's. I think he's improving every 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 you know every year. And then uh, we just served Halliburton and Kyle Guy at the McKinney in Midtown. So they were texting me. Uh, they love the DMC roles. <laughs> right. but yeah, they, I, I like how Halliburton plays. Halliburton stuff, so Halliburton. I can't wait to... Halliburton can play. Yeah.
1: He's, 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 he's the kids, but he's a leader already. So that guy can play. I like Halliburton a lot.
0: Yeah. So, I and mean, then I was supposed to meet uh HB, uh, Harrison Byrne too, but we haven't really got together because of COVID, but I hear he's a good, good guy too. So I, I love the chemistry that we have right now. And uh, hoping that, I don't know. I, I didn't think Divak was the answer, so I, I'm kind of glad that he's gone. <laughs> but uh, we'll see.
1: Okay, man. Hey, that was fun. We'll have to catch a game together or something. Let's get to the last question of the podcast. So the words financial success mean different things to different people. It even means different things to the, the same person at different times. I'm sure financial success meant to you when you were in Japan is different than what it meant to you when... You got that 300000 dollars is different than different than what it meant to you means to you now and today. But let's speak, let's talk about today. So today, what do the words financial success mean to you? And I don't mean a dollar amount, I mean like a lifestyle and a quality of life. What does that life look like for you?
0: Wow, that's a good question. Because I was just telling my CEO, which is he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> so we're like a family, but. I told him, I don't wanna get paid anymore. I don't care how many restaurants we open. I have more than enough, uh, more than I ever imagined, more than I have expected. And God bless me even more than, I mean, I don't know how to thank God. I don't know how to thank community. I don't know how to thank my family and teammates and partners. So I I was just telling him, I don't want any more raise, nothing can I just pass it on to other people who need more? And uh, I don't know, my mom was the best example for me. Every year she saved money, let's say $3,000. And she wasn't really good at financial planning. <laughs> she used every money she saved to buy something to give out. So every end of the year, her bank account was perfectly zero. Huh. <laughs> so I don't think you want to, you know, financial advisor. I said, you know, are you crazy? But I really like her attitude toward the money and the wealth that we have in uh, on this earth. Everything is temporary. It's all rental. Everything I have is all rental. I can't take anything after I die. So you know, let's be generous with it. Let's share with everybody and have fun with everybody. That's how my mom's, um, she doesn't really say it, but with her action, that's how I took it. <laughs> so I don't know. Your question
1: was, again? What well, financial success means to you? And I think you did a good job of answering it. It's just being able to enjoy your life, enjoy your money. You can't take it with you use it for a purpose to help others give to others you, you i can tell by i can tell by your what you by the, what you've shared on the show so far you are living your financial success lifestyle so that's awesome taro you think so <laughs> i think so man you
0: should talk to my you should talk to my son and maybe he can give you more details <laughs> what i do with all my money
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey well that brings us to the end man you've been an awesome guest thank you so much for staying on um, I, I love you. I actually just did a client appreciation event in they Grove restaurant two weeks ago. Oh, so thank you very it's much. It's an awesome place. If you guys are ever in Sacramento, you guys are located all over, but if you're in Sacramento, make sure you guys check out Makuni. I, I had no clue that that's what Makuni sti- uh, means. What's that word? Right. What is it? The kingdom of God. The kingdom, kingdom of God. Of, yeah. I, my mom's going to love that. My mom's going to love that. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have an awesome day, and God bless. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of Securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member, FINRA-SIPC. Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks, and have a blessed week.